Pod BN. What? What is that you hear? That's not the normal Pod BN music. Oh no, longtime listeners will know that is the election edition Pod BN music going on here. Just take a minute to enjoy that. Ah, man. Public domain music, I tell you. It's to die for. Pod BN Election Edition 2021 has started. We had such a good time two years ago that we are going to be interviewing all of the council and mayoral candidates in Bloomington and Normal. Give them a chance to talk at length about why they're running, what issues are important to them, and give everyone a chance to get to know them better. Coming up first here is Molly Ward. She is running for Ward 7. Before we start, though, also excited to announce our sponsor for Election Edition for every episode you're going to hear. One of our original sponsors is back again, Little Beaver Brewery. We were so excited for them for making this possible. We had a little few expenses here, and they were able to cover them to bring this Election Edition to you. And one of the reasons why we're so excited is that not only does Little Beaver have some amazing craft beers, which we will talk about at length, but their new kitchen is open, and I've had a chance to try it. It is absolutely amazing. I would recommend it highly, not just because they're a sponsor. I'm telling the truth here, guys. When I went there, I had the Beaver Burger. It's a burger with beer, bacon, jam, white cheddar, fried jalapeno strips, lettuce, tomato, and pickle on a brioche bun. I, I kid you not, one of the top five burgers I've ever had in my life. I, I cannot recommend it enough. If you want a good burger... Go check out Little Beaver. Be going through some of their other menu offerings, some of their other beer offerings too. But um, wanted to thanks again, Little Beaver Brewery, Five Finance Drive, south of town, South Veterans Parkway. All right, and with that, we will start the first episode of Election Edition 2021 for Pod BN with Molly Ward in Ward Seven. All right, we are on with Molly Ward. Molly is running for alder person in the city of Bloomington for Ward 7. Ward 7 is one of the uh, wards that will have a primary this coming election cycle. So Molly, thank you for coming on to Pod BN with Jeremy and I. Uh, thanks so much. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. Thank you very much for having me. I'm, I'm really happy to be here with you. Yeah, of course, of course. So you're you're actually our first recording of, of candidates going through this cycle. So uh, we appreciate you being being the first one. Uh, like I said, with your with your ward having a primary, we, we're trying to get the ward seven uh, candidates on early. And since um, you were already in the seat uh, because you got appointed, we thought that would be a good good one to start with. So sounds good to me. All right. So first, Molly, explain where ward, ward seven is to our listeners. Yeah, so we're on the west side, the northwest side of Bloomington, um, extending from from near Illinois Wesleyan on over um, past the interstate um, and down to um, Washington. So it's kind of, you know, an odd shaped ward. They all are right. They all have have different boundaries. But um, but yeah, that's roughly the, the direction it goes. Very good. So, yeah. so Northwest Bloomington, Molly, you got uh, appointed to the council after Scott Black had stepped down. Um, tell me what's that been like in the in the interim for those few months on council? Uh, what's your experience been like so far? 
So I've really enjoyed getting to to jump right into things and get involved. Obviously, there's a lot going on in our city right now with with regard to the pandemic and everything else that that is going on in life. And and so there's never really a, a um, you know a perfect moment to say, okay, now we're going to start and and get involved. You you just jump in when you need to. And here I am. Um, I'm pretty used to that kind of thing as a hospital chaplain. I'm often on call and and you know get to to jump into situations that require me to to think fast and and you know shift and be flexible and and it feels like like pick up quickly with learning what's going on and i feel like that's that's there's definitely been a need to do that um jumping in as i have um it was a bit of a, a lull over the the holidays, but now it seems like things are gearing up again, and um, I'm looking forward to to having some time to really, really um, push forward with some ideas and and to continue the the good work that's that's been started. So what what had what made you want to get involved? What made you want to put your application in for the appointment, and then uh, just follow up with that? You know what's what's motivating you to run on this cycle to continue to be representative of Ward Seven. Yeah, so so I have to start with a story because um, I tend to be a storyteller, and my family were storytellers. And um, I, as I was thinking about that question recently, I was thinking back to um, some experiences with my with my teenage daughter, um, who's now a college student. And as she was preparing for her her um, college applications and and graduating from high school, um, at one point she kind of threw down a challenge to to her friends that um, that really we're all writing stories. And the question is, what kind of story are you going to write with your life? And as I as I heard her say that, I thought that was so was so wise for someone who was at that time still only in in high school, and I realized that that that's something that really plays plays through in my own life that that I'm a storyteller and that one of the reasons that I want to um, be a representative for my neighbors is because I want to be a storyteller. I want to tell their story. I want to give voice to their concerns and their ideas. And so when, uh, um, last fall, I was actually asked, um, you know, Hey, why don't you put in your application? Why don't you, you consider this? And I thought to myself, okay, do I want to do this? And I, I spoke to my daughter and the very first words out of her mouth were, you got to do this. And I realized that, that this is, is another chapter, if you will, in this, this ongoing story. I've been, um, I've been a storyteller all my life. I've given voice to, to people all my life and their stories. Um, you know, my, my, parents called me Motormouth when I was a little kid, and I always was a bookworm and loved to read. It's not by accident that the picture on my campaign flyer is um, of me sitting in a room with books. Um, books are really important in our, our family and, and telling stories. Um, and as a journalist, you know, I was a storyteller at heart. As as a preacher, I'm a storyteller. Anybody who's ever heard me preach knows that that there's always going to be a story in there someplace. And I, I see this as another opportunity to keep telling my my neighbor's story and to hear their stories. That's why I'm running. Very good. So Scott Black represented Ward 7 for a number of years. How are you going to run uh, and represent that ward in comparison to how uh, Scott Black did for the for the past few years? 
Yeah. So, you know, I have been talking to my neighbors and um, as I've been been listening to them, um, I've been hearing that a lot of good things about about this neighborhood. And I've also been been um, hearing them say, you know, there are some things that that need to to be improved on in this neighborhood. And I want to I want to carry on in the tradition of the good things. And I want to want to um move forward with the things that that need some attention and to that end we've um we've begun to identify um quite a you know quite a list of, we we were playing with the number seven because there's seven you know ward seven it just seemed like kind of a good round figure but you know there were seven broad areas that we felt like um there's some good work begun um and there's there's more work to do so that's that's um kind of where i'm coming from in that regard so what are some of the good things that you have seen, uh, in, in, you know, in your ward in the past? Uh, what are some of the, in, in your words, what are some of the good stories that we can tell uh, regarding Ward 7 right now? Yeah, I mean, I, one thing that's that's really um, exciting right now and that that um, I think that that began um, with the the previous iteration of the council and has continued um, is the renovation of O'Neill Park and pool. Um, that work that's that's being um, done there already and is continuing um, to move forward, I think will be a huge um, gathering place for our ward. It's right in our ward and I think it will draw people from outside of the ward as well. And so I think that that in that sense it it um it plays into the idea that that Ward 7 is not just um, just about Ward 7. It's also a place of community for the entire community. There's a lot of diversity in our in our ward. That was one of the things that drew my husband and me here um, 20 years ago, that we were looking for a place where we could raise our kids in, in a neighborhood where they didn't just encounter people who looked like themselves um, and where they could be enriched by the, the, the experiences and the stories of, of our neighbors. So there's a, a powerful sense of community um, among our neighbors. Um, as I, you know, walk up and down the, the street, I know my neighbors. And I think that's something that's that's not unusual um, for people in our ward, that we know each other and we we look out for one another. And I think those are really important things to, to lift up for our, our neighborhood. So Molly, it's Jeremy. I just wanted to jump in. You had mentioned O'Neill Pool uh, being in your ward. Um, obviously, there's been a lot of activity and talk about the future of O'Neill Pool, um, a lot of options ranging from just a simple renovation to something you know much larger scale like a, a big water park, um, et cetera. Can you uh, kind of explain to listeners what that's looking like for the future and kind of where that aligns with your vision and what, where you think uh, O'Neill Pool should go? Yeah, um, I'm excited about where we are in this. We are we are listening to people at this point, but we're we're quickly coming to a place where we're able to gather those those ideas and opinions and um, and really move forward with something very concrete. Um, the the we've had a couple of town halls already. We've had a, a written survey that's drawn um, lots of response from members of the community about the kinds of things that they are looking for. Um, you know, we've seen some some very preliminary kinds of drawings and sketches um, that that can you know be built upon. And um, at this point, you know, I I really welcome the input of of anybody in the community who's got more ideas, but they need to speak up because we're moving forward with this. And um, 
you know, in, in terms of my vision for the, the area, it's not just about my vision, right? It's about the, the vision of the entire community. But, um, but I, I love the idea of, of a park that draws on um, not just people from the immediate neighborhood, but from the entire community. Um, and I think some of the, the drawings that we've seen so far are, are um, giving us the possibility of drawing from all over the place that this would be a place that people would come to. I also really value the idea of, of green space, um, space that's, that's nature, not only, um, a pool. So, you know, in the past it was, it was pretty much a pool and a skate park. And now the, the drawings that we're seeing and the ideas and what we're hearing from feedback is that people really want to see, um, a lot of green space place where you can go walking and, and a place that's, that's beautiful as well as, as entertaining. So do you envision um, whatever gets built there, whatever the decision be, would it be your desire to have that be more of a um, attraction for outside visitors to the community, more of an economic driver uh, to, to get cars off the interstate stopping in Ward 7 and then visiting some businesses? Or are you more looking just for a space for the community to call its own with more green space and parks and that type of that type of situation? You know, I don't see it as an either or. I think it could be a both and. Um, you know, as someone who who has spent time on the road with kids and and you know traveling to visit family and so forth, we were always looking for for you know the opportunity to to pull off the road and you know and go do something for a while. And and whether somebody's actually going to you know go swimming while they're while they're um you know traveling through or not, I think that that it could be um be a place where people could, could walk around and, and just blow off some steam. And I could see that as being really useful, but I, but I also see it as something for our community primarily, um, and, and drawing people from the Bloomington normal area, just as the other, the other water parks do in, in town. Maybe my understanding is a little off, but, uh, is, is, I mean, this is designed to be more kind of in the comparison of a Fairview park, sort of water park and not like a Wisconsin Dells or anything like that, right? Oh, correct. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. No, we're not trying to be Wisconsin Dells. We're, <laughs> we're Bloomington and we're, we're just fine. We don't need to be Wisconsin Dells. Nothing against Wisconsin Dells, but <laughs> I, we're, I remember, we're Bloomington. I mean, I know I, I've seen the, you know, lazy river and those types of attractions mm -hmm. there. Um, and obviously something like that, will attract people from outside Bloomington as well. And I mean, that's the point is have something in Bloomington that people from outside Bloomington will visit. And when I say outside Bloomington, you know, I don't mean a different state away necessarily, but people from, you know, Downs, Leroy, Hayworth, normal, <laughs> anyone that yeah. doesn't live, live in Bloomington that will come in and visit the park and then spend their, ta their, their money at our restaurants uh, to help generate revenue would be a positive as well, right? Right. Absolutely. And I, I see, you know, that having implications for other businesses in the area and, and the potential for new businesses in the area. So Molly, O'Neill pool is obviously a big one. That, and that was the one on my mind when I knew we were going to speak to you today. Uh, Cause that's been a project that's, that's been spoken about uh, for a number of years now. What other big things do you see on the horizon for Ward seven? Is there, um, any other big projects, uh, whether it be, you know, parks and rec or infrastructure, anything like that, that should be on people's radar? 
Yeah, I, you know, in terms of big projects the, the, that the city is doing, I would say that there is, is certainly going to be an, an implication for Ward 7 from the library expansion project and, and even the Connect Transit um, downtown transfer station. All of those are close enough to our ward um, that while they're not in the ward, they, um, they certainly have the opportunity to, to um, be a have an impact on our ward. And, and I think in terms of, of, you know, jobs for people as those, those um, projects get built and, and get carried forward, there's an implication for people in our ward. And of course, being able to utilize those um, as well. I mean, they're within walking distance, um, the, the sites that are being looked at. My husband and I, you know, walked downtown just today. And, yeah. and so there, it's not like, you know, it's miles and miles away from us. No, yeah, I, I lived uh, not in Ward Seven. I lived in Ward Six on the west side for for quite some time, and I I enjoyed many walks downtown. Um, it's nice; it gives you that old neighborhood feel, right? Just to be able to walk on the sidewalk down to a downtown, and walk 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 around the block, visit the stores and, and restaurants and stuff. Absolutely. I mean, that's one of the things that that attracted us to Ward Seven and keeps us here. Frankly, um, that that it has that sense of community and neighborhood that you can can get to. So, changing gears, we talked about some of the you know good things, positive things happening in Ward Seven. What do you see specific to Ward Seven? Not so much citywide, but specific to Ward Seven. What's some of the big challenges that Ward's going to face um, that you think you can uh, help help over the next four years? Yeah, one of the things that that I hear from my neighbors has to do with with public safety that and and it's not just something I hear from my neighbors it's it's frankly something that that I've experienced myself and um you know literally on our doorsteps so you know a lot of times um you know we watch the news and we hear about gun violence and we you know we hear hear of um you know shootings in in schools mass shootings that kind of stuff and it's pretty easy i think for for a lot of people to sort of hold that at, at arm's distance and say oh isn't that terrible out there it's a little different um in our neighborhood because sometimes that stuff is is right here and there's a lot of concern in the neighborhood about about safety and I, and i think that's something that that um not only has to be addressed, but it's something that I'm pretty passionate about and have been for a long time. Um, you know, for, for years I have spoken out against gun violence and, and the need to, to address those issues. Um, as recently as this past summer, um, it was literally, you know, in my yard, the, the gun violence was taking place. And, um, that, you know, that was, very close to home. And I'm not the only one. I mean, clearly this year we've already had three shootings in the, on the West side um, and, and um, including a fatality. And, you know, those have been either in ward seven or right next door. And that's just something we've got to begin to address. I would like to see us as a community begin to, to look at gun violence as a, as um, a public health crisis because that's what it is really. Um, I see that as a, you know, as a hospital chaplain and, and recognize it as a public health crisis. We also need to see it as, as an economic issue, because I think that there are, there are um, root causes 
behind why people are shooting at each other. And I think that we need to get at those root causes and not just put band-aids on things um, and, and say, oh, let's, you know, let's have a quick fix or do this, this simplistic little slogan of a solution. We need to really get at, at deeper causes. So what do you think um, you as a city council person or the council as a whole can do to address gun violence? Um, are there certain initiatives that you want to uh, put forth or ideas that you have to help curb that? Yeah, there are a couple of things that I'm working on right now um, in just the, you know, the first few weeks of, of being in office, um, I, I already have begun to have conversation with the, the, um, police department, um, looking at, at the data, trying to get a handle on like how prevalent is this and, and where are the, the shootings taking place and, and, you know, where are the patterns that we can begin to, to identify? Because I think having those, those data are, are essential to being able to, to come up with a solution. Um, I, I don't think, you know, it's, it's useful to, to just sort of, do a scattershot, haha, approach um, with any of this. I think that, that we need to um, to have the evidence to back things up, whatever direction we take. So, getting the data is one thing. Um, the other thing that that I've been um, starting to have conversations with city staff about has to do with with you know possibilities for addressing what what is getting behind what is behind um, people engaging in violence and how can how can we um we can how can we head that off and if that's providing more economic opportunities for people um who are involved who otherwise might get involved in things that are not very very useful um that's that's something that i'm really really um earnest about wanting to to get moving with because it's and it's not going to be a simple quick fix kind of solution i think that that it's something that we as a city have to commit the funds and the the public private partnerships to and the the energy to for the long haul very good all right well we're about halfway through believe it or not of uh, of this podcast so what we like to do during the election edition at halfway through is do a little bit of a rapid fire uh, if you listen last election cycle you may be familiar with it but jeremy's got some words prepared for you and he just wants to see what the uh, what's going to come off the top of your head after he mentions some words or phrases jeremy you want to explain what you're doing yeah, yeah. sure so so like justin said have a few uh, hot topics you've you've touched on a few of them uh, already a little bit but instead of the, the really long answer, we're looking for like the, you know, five words or less sort of initial response. So I'll throw something out as a topic. And, and first thing that comes to your mind, kind of kind of what you think on that. Um, so the first one is downtown Bloomington. Opportunity. Okay. Uh, next one is Connect Transit. Connections to each other as neighbors. Okay. Next one is O'Neill Pool. Green space, blue space, sunshine, a gathering space for our community. Okay. Bloomington Public Library. Opportunity to grow, to hear people's stories, to have the resources to tell one's story. Okay. And uh, Constitution Trail. A lifeline for our community, an artery for our community to keep us breathing green. And then the last one I have here is economic development. 
needed for Ward 7? I think that was five words or less on, on most of them. <laughs> we'll go with it. <laughs> Thank you. And we'll, and we'll probably come back to a few of those here in a minute. Um, but what, I mean, we, we, we wouldn't be doing justice to the podcast if we didn't ask you the big looming question, uh, which is, you know, with COVID and the pandemic that we've all been living through over the last year, there's been people affect, you know, everybody's been affected by it in one way or the other. Um, can you speak to how COVID has affected Ward 7? Um, what are some things that's in your mind that we can help bring Ward 7 up after COVID's uh, hopefully, you know, settled down a little bit, as well as the city as a whole, uh, what needs to be, ha- what needs to be done? Yeah, so clearly the pandemic is not something that's over yet. I think that it's it's easy to, to be tempted to think that now that vaccines are beginning to roll out, that, that we've got the worst behind us. And we're still in the middle of this. And there's a lot of work to be done yet with the pandemic. So it's it's a little early to tell what will what will ultimately ultimately be needed and what will ultimately be the direction the city needs to take. We've clearly got to continue um, connecting people to resources and to information. Um, We've got to connect people to um, financial resources, and that's not just individuals, but also um, businesses. We've got to keep them afloat. Those are some of the immediate issues. We've been um, as, as you know, we've been looking to the vaccines becoming more, more um, available to people, clearly that's a sign of hope. Um, we need to be asking ourselves, though, as we do come out of the pandemic, what, what are some of the issues with regard to health that even predated the pandemic that made it harder on certain groups of people. And Ward 7 is, is one of those areas of the community that has a lot of, um, a lot of community health issues and needs that, that didn't just start with the pandemic. They've only been underscored and, and made, made more significant with the pandemic, but they're also not going to magically disappear as soon as everybody's vaccinated or something. Um, so I think continuing to address those, those community health needs that have, have been identified already and continuing to identify the root causes behind them. So in terms of um, of making sure that that everybody has has affordable, accessible health care, um, that that that's essential. And for Ward Seven, that's particularly necessary because a lot of um, over the years, one of the things that we've noticed is that that it's it's kind of a hot zone for for um, for people who not only have a lot of health issues, but they they don't have access to to primary care in the ways that other people kind of take for granted. Um, we also need to continue to to focus energy on the um, behavioral health initiatives um, that are sorely needed in the community. They were needed before. You know, we've got to continue to, to support those who are are working in those areas um, because the pandemic, I think, is, is just underscoring the need for the trauma that we've all been experiencing throughout this, whether you've had a loved one who's died or not, um, or, or been immediately affected or not, um, we're all experiencing a trauma. But there are also people who, you know, who have had multiple loved ones, you know, sorely affected by the, by the virus. And, and that's, that's a weight on people. 
Um, and we need to continue, you know, the, the good work, even as we were talking about, you know, O'Neill, O'Neill Pool and Park, you know, that's not just a nice amenity, really, that's, that's an example of the need for green space for for space for people to, to be able to engage in healthy activities, you know, exercise and, and, you know, have those, those places that, that frankly, other neighborhoods can take for granted. Um, we need to continue to focus on the food desert that that um, exists in in a lot of this part of town, and make those options more available to people. Molly, I appreciate you touching on the COVID uh, situation here here locally. I mean, clearly there's a health component of it that uh, needs to be addressed, and, and we're working through that as a community. There's a behavior, a, a mental health, and you know, component there. Um, and and as you know, I mean, there's also that economic component. Uh, I, I, you know, everybody's been following a lot of the controversy around businesses being open, not being open, some of the challenges that uh, people are having as we start to re-engage finding employees, um, possibly employees left, went, went to other jobs. Um, how do you think the city's been handling on, on the economic front, um, the involvement with business owners and, and kind of the approach they're taking? Yeah, I think that, you know, the jury's still a little bit out on on how all that's going to pan out because we're still in the middle of the pandemic. So I think it's a little too early to tell, you know, has has um, is it working or not? Um, I do think that the city needs to continue to connect people with those financial resources that are keeping them afloat through this this hard time and also continue to to put um, effort into, you know, educational programs and, and training programs, um, working to see what, what is, where are the gaps going to be moving forward? Because, you know, our, our kids in school, for instance, and, and granted, you know, we don't, this isn't, I'm not running for school board. Um, but, you know, we need to, as a, as a, um, as a community come together as a whole, because our kids are, um, you know, they're being affected by this, no matter how hard our, our teachers are working and no matter how hard the kids are working, this is, this is having a, an impact on them as, you know, they're losing this, this educational time in, in many ways. And in some neighborhoods that, that impact is harder than in other neighborhoods. And Ward 7 is one of those, those neighborhoods where, where there are people who, who um, are, are he more heavily impacted because they don't have the economic resources. And so the economic resources are not just get people through these hard times immediately, but really providing those links and that ongoing support for people is going to have an impact on an entire generation of kids and, and their kids moving forward. So it, we've just got to take the long view here. Yeah, cer certainly. I mean, it, as a parent of a, a freshman, you know, it's a different year Kids are dealing with this. Uh, there's kind of trauma at, at all levels here, right? Um, if, if I can focus back on the business component just for a little bit, um, some of the some of the we've seen some situations where fines are being handed out um, for businesses that that ignored uh, kept kept the doors open, let patrons in. Um, what's your stance as as a city council member, and if you're reelected here or elected, you know, run and, and are elected? Um, what's your stance or your kind of view is, is that an appropriate place? Is, should the city be doing those fines? Should there be a different approach? What's kind of your view? You know, as a city, we need to, we need to be accountable and we need to hold people accountable. 
to following the rules. And there have been some rules that have been laid out and we, you know, they're hard on everybody. And we need to, to recognize that, that ultimately short-sightedness, short-term decisions are going to make this pandemic longer. It's going to last longer and it's going to have a harder impact in the long run. And we need to, to come together as a community, pull together. I mean, some people have talked about the pandemic like, like we're, this is our generation's you know, war. And we need to, to um, recognize that, that in past generations, people have come together and they've, they've made hard decisions and hard sacrifices and they've held one another accountable for it. And I see the city as, as attempting to hold people accountable for those decisions. Very good. So, as as we you mentioned this earlier um, when talking about COVID, and I know it's a big Ward Seven um, concern, and it's been brought up, and there's some um, uh, nonprofit organizations trying to rally behind it. But I want you to talk more about the food desert. Um, that's that's been brought up at least for the last two election cycles, I remember talking to candidates about it. So um, what are what are some ideas you have or things that, that you think could really help um, spur some economic development in regards to fresh food uh, on the West Side, specifically Ward 7? Yeah, I think we really need to encourage um, the development of grocery stores in places that that don't have them. And I think we need to encourage um, access to those grocery stores in a way that that um, allows people, whether it's it's, you know, increasing public transportation to different grocery stores or, or placing um, placing um bus stops and things like that in such a way and, and routing buses in such a way that, that people have access. But I think ultimately what we need to be doing is encouraging the development of, of grocery stores in places that don't have them nearby. And I think that means looking at some of the, um, the undeveloped or underdeveloped un, unused property and asking ourselves, is there a way that we can, we can develop in, on the west side as and not um simply developing new areas but revitalizing older areas older parts of town so are you talking about possibly um the city acquiring land to be strategic on um allowing some a developer to come in and build a grocery store on the west side or, or what are ways like concrete ideas that the city, I mean, because of course, I know the city's got their economic development division um, that are always encouraging those types of behaviors, but is there anything further that, that the city could do um, economic incentive wise to bring uh, an end to this food desert that's been there for so long? Yeah, you know, I think the the use of city, city land and acquiring land um, that's that's unused um, is a is one way. I mean, we've seen the city come forward in terms of of community gardens and that kind of thing, and I think we could could use more of that. Um, and grocery stores um, are are another option in that regard. 
So you touched on this and we've got about 10 minutes left in the podcast. And I just want to make sure we hit on a few of the, I know topics that our listeners are going to really want to want to hear about uh, coming from the candidates. And you touched on connect transit. Um, Let's first talk about what's been recently in the news. And that's the downtown transfer center. Um, They outline they outlined uh, three possible spaces. Um, In your opinion, what are some of the pros and cons of those spaces? And are you leaning towards one more than the others? Yeah, I, I'm not, um, I, I need to hear more before I, I make a decision in my own mind about which one is best. But the the kinds of things that I think will lead to me supporting one site over another have to do with, um, I think, accessibility and safety, um, you know, is is the spot in a place where people are are able to get to it easily and 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 not not have to, you know, put themselves in danger to to get to um, to the the center. Um, I also am really intrigued with the idea of being able to um, to broaden the space beyond just a place where you go catch a bus or or switch buses. Um, I'd love to see the space um, have have room for um, for other agencies, other businesses, other, you know, other entities that really could make it a community gathering space as well as as um, simply a, a place where people catch public transportation. And because I can, I'm I'm a host of a show. I got to throw my pitch in there of what I want to see. Um, I do. Go ahead. <laughs> um, I I mean I'm all for any kind of mixed use uh, building. I think that's appropriate, um, and that will help it you know be be more of a, a catalyst project instead of just a transfer center. But an idea that I had um, was a p- more permanent space for a farmer's market with the booths permanently, permanently set up. Uh, and at a transfer center, I think would be convenient, of course, because it's easy access to fresh food that would kind of solve a few issues in one. So that's just one idea I had that I'm going to tell every candidate about and see, see what their thoughts are on that. Yeah, it sounds very intriguing. I've, mm-hmm. I've shopped in, you know, farmer's markets, um, gosh, way back in my Peace Corps days. Um, when I was a Peace Corps volunteer, the, the market we, we shopped at, you know, every week had an indoor and an outdoor component. And, and I've long thought that, that, um, it would be wonderful if if the farmers market were something that could be um, a year round thing in a in a more more than just once a month, right? That that would be accessible to people. So I think there's some that that sounds like a really interesting idea and one that I certainly would be intrigued by. I got one more question on Connect Transit, then I'm going to kick it to Jeremy to see if he has uh, any questions that's been burning up in him. But another passionate thing that I have spoke about uh, personally for for a number of years is I would love to see Connect Transit go fare free um, permanently. I know they have uh, been able to do that over the pandemic, um, but so so s- small of their income is coming from the uh, the the tolls anyway, and. For them to do that, I think it would take the city of Bloomington and the town of Normal both to step up what they're willing to input. But I think the economic gain out of that could be uh, could more than pay for itself. I wanted to get your thoughts on that. You know, it's something I would need to to get more numbers on for sure um, to to be able to really take a stand one way or another on it. But on the face of it, um, I am supportive of ideas that make transportation, public transportation, more accessible to bigger parts of the community. And when, when I 
you know, think about neighbors who are, are having to, to go to, um, various parts of town and because they don't have a car, they're using public transportation. And it's not just because they, they want to use public transportation. It's because they have to. And um, those neighbors are ones who I believe really could benefit from having, having a break on, on the fair. And so I don't know whether it would be something that, that could be a combination. I, I don't know how that, that could work, but, you know, I'm certainly open to, to talking about that. I don't know that it necessarily needs to be an either or kind of situation where, um, where it's, it's all one or all the other. I think there's some opportunity to, to have, have a, have a both and. I got two more questions. One's, one's a little harder. One's a, a easy question and we'll end with that one. So, or from my side anyway, so um, just want to, we've talked about a ton of issues and, and, and covered a lot here in the last uh, 30, 40 minutes um, of all of these issues. You know, if you were in charge of the agenda day one and, and you got to pick an issue and say, hey, this is my priority issue in the short term. I want to tackle this first right out of the door. Kind of what would that be? And then looking ahead, you said short term and long term vision, looking ahead four years from now, what's the issue that you want to make sure you, you've taken care of when, when it's time to uh, a run or step away again? Yeah, I think they're they're not necessarily separate. I think those they, that they're they're very much um, connected, and I think it has to do with health and safety, and the idea of um, of attending to um, questions of of public safety, particularly in this ward, but throughout the community. I think. Um, that's something that that needs not only immediate attention in the near term, but it also needs needs the willingness to engage on a long term um, basis, a sustained attention. Um, and so, it's for for most things, I think they're more complicated than a simple little slogan. And I think that we need to um, to be willing to give the patient long term sustained attention to them. And so, we need some some immediate. Um, efforts put into reducing the amount of violence in the community, but we also need to not just um, slap a Band-Aid on it and say, yeah, well, we, we can check that one off the list because we got this done in the first 100 days or something like that. Um, it's it's going to take a long effort, and that will, will um, involve more complicated um, solutions that that mean looking at it in terms of public health they it means looking at it in terms of economic health um opportunities for people within the community all of those are tied together yeah definitely sustained conversation needed on that um and not just sustained sorry to interrupt not just sustained conversation but sustained action yeah the time is has come for us to stop just talking and actually doing um, on the, more of the lighter side, um, as you kind of look around the, the council chamber or look at, at people running, is there a, a person, a candidate, uh, an elected official that you kind of consider yourself closely aligned with or, or most similar to your approach as to, to how you, you look at a, the job of a city council member? You know, I like to see myself as as something of a bridge person who can connect with just about anybody. I, I, um, I don't see myself as, as, um, 
ruling anyone in or ruling anyone out. Um, I think that that we need to draw circles wider rather and pull people into the circle rather than than pushing them out of the circle. And so I'm I'm a little resistant to to the idea of, you know, am I going to be aligned with this person or that person? Because there's a lot of diversity on our council. And frankly, if I'm aligned um, with anything, it's in being able to um, make connections across lines. Very good. Well, Molly, we are getting close to the end here. We have a few more things to touch on, but I want to make sure I give you the opportunity to tell our listeners where they can find more information about you. Do you have a Facebook, a website, anywhere they can go and, and get some more information? Yeah. So, I mean, you can always, if you're wanting to talk to me as your city council person, um, you can always go to the city's website and and um, connect with me there. If you're wanting to talk to me in terms of um, of me as a candidate, um, yeah, we do have a, a Facebook page, um, Molly Ward for Bloomington City Council Ward 7. And that's Molly with an IE, by the way. Um, I could tell you a story about what that means and why why that's important, but I'm not going to get into it here. Um, and then um, our our email address is friendsofmollyward7 at gmail.com. Very good. Very good. And uh, last thing is we always want to make sure we take a second because none of these podcasts for speaking to candidates, this election cycle would be possible without a sponsor. And our sponsor throughout the entire series is uh, Little Beaver Brewery located in Bloomington. Molly, have you ever been out to Little Beaver yet? I haven't. Yeah, it's I a- would. I haven't been very many places um, inside anyway these days. So, yeah. 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 It's uh, they've they've taken full advantage of COVID and being, um, you know, a little bit slower, obviously, with things not being able to be open for a while. And they have greatly expanded. So even if you hadn't been out there, if listeners haven't been out there for, you know, a year or two. Um, you are going to be shocked when you go back out there. They have a beautiful outdoor space, which of course, once it warms up and actually on any warm days starting right now, you can find some people outside uh, being responsibly socially distanced and and enjoying their food and, and beverages. But they're inside. They have uh, mentioned food. They also have a new kitchen um, that I've been seeing some pictures on Facebook of food getting brought home on carryout that look extremely good. I've seen pizza and quesadillas and burgers and salads. So uh, if you haven't been out there, it's at Five Finance Drive in Bloomington. They're open 11 to 8 p.m. every single day. Um, They keep their Facebook page extremely up to date. So always check their Facebook page for any kind of specials, um, whether or not the patio is open, depending on weather and those types of situations. But thank you to Little Beaver Brewery. Please make sure to go check them out. It's because of them that we're able to do this. So, Jeremy, did you have anything else for Molly? No, thank you for your time. Appreciate the conversation today. No, I've really enjoyed being with you. Yeah, thank you so much, Molly. Um, We really appreciate your time and uh, we wish you the best of luck moving forward. Thanks a lot. All right. Thanks, Molly.